Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Last week, called "I Can't Live Like This Anymore," and it's really a series about healing the hurt that is hurting you. And uh, like we talked about last week, it's a, a series about forgiveness. It's about walking in forgiveness. It's about um, discovering that God wants us to walk in wholeness um, and healing in our own personal lives, and then also relationally with others um, when it just comes to forgiveness. And uh, last week we learned um, that, you know, there is a, um, a flow to, to forgiveness, that we must um, accept and receive God's forgiveness first for our own lives, because oftentimes we stumble on that. Oftentimes we think, well, God can't really, He doesn't really um, forgive me because, you know, I've got a lot of stuff in my past, and yeah, you tell me that, and yeah, I'll say yes, but ultimately... Um, we have an enemy that loves to remind us of our past, the things that we've done in the past. He loves to remind you of that. He's really good at it, by the way, right? But there are times when we have to be able to say, well, wait a minute, let's stop for a second and go back to Scripture and understand what God's forgiveness is all about. Because God's forgiveness is, is, is amazing. It's phenomenal, it's a, a love and forgiveness that is so vast and so deep and um, really kind of just incomprehensible to our natural mind. But, it's, but this forgiveness, because of what Christ has done on the cross, it's, it's something that we can walk in. We can be released from the penalty of, right? Because really, if you look at it, none of us, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us really in some way, shape, or form, if you want to be able to look at it, we, we really should um, have, or, or, or we, we really have earned God's wrath and really God's judgment. Yet God is so gracious and he looks at it and goes, yeah, that's an impayable debt, unpayable. There's no way. But because of my son, because of Jesus then you're forgiven. And the best thing, and we'll, we'll look at this in a moment, the best thing is he doesn't remember it anymore. It's, it's totally gone. It's totally washed away. But we know too, for us personally, you know, we want to be able to stay in this flow of receiving God's uh, uh, forgiveness for us personally because it all starts there. It starts internally, but then what happens is, is when we start to receive God's forgiveness, His grace over our life, then it becomes a lot easier to be able to forgive others, to be able to offer others forgiveness and this grace that God has. But we know that it, we have to have the Holy Spirit working in our life. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to help us and develop us so that we can freely forgive ourselves personally and then to also to forgive others, you know, in our relationships over time. And so um, I once heard it, heard it said this, this way, uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Ever heard that before? Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die, which means there is a toxicity to it, right? There's a destructiveness to walking in unforgiveness. And we don't recognize this or realize this, but it ultimately costs us, not the person that we're, you know, mad at or offended by or hurt by, because oftentimes they don't even know they did it. Or they might know they did it. But see, what happens is when we hold on to it, then, man, inside of us, there, there becomes this toxicity, this destructiveness, that all of a sudden it starts to affect us and to the point where, we, you know, we're not even functioning in what God really has for us. See, he wants us to be able to walk in freedom. Jesus emphasizes over and over again in Scripture that we are to walk in forgiveness, right? Because what happens is when we walk in forgiveness and we, we forgive our brother or sister, 
who has sinned against us, then you know what? We walk in freedom. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about, hey, when you're going to go to pray and you have something against your brother or your sister, you need to take care of that first. Whoa, that's powerful stuff if you think about it. But see, that's why it's, it's so important to understand that this is a key, key element of our Christian walk. This is the key element to what God wants to do in our lives. And so last week, we've kind of went through a couple of, of, of uh, Greek words that for forgive and forgiveness and, and forgave and all of that stuff. And I just want to cover uh, just real briefly um, what they mean. And so one of them means to set someone free, to let them go, to expunge their debt and release them from all liability and to liberate them completely. And then kind of the forgiving and forgave. Now, they're all in the same thing, but the, the, the interesting thing, they all, in the Greek, they always have like some different meanings sometimes. But forgiving and forgave comes from the Greek word charis, which means grace. Right? Grace means undeserved favor, something freely giving, given, not earned. So we are supposed to freely give forgiveness and not expect them to earn their forgiveness. Not expect, well, yeah, you need to earn it back for me to be able to forgive you. And so I want to jump into Matthew chapter 18 because we really want to look at um, something that Jesus said. And um, something he said when it comes to being hurt. Something he said when it comes to having pain or being betrayed um, or some kind of encounter you've had in, in, in relationship. And so in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22, I alluded to it a little bit last week. But let's, let's look a little deeper into it. So here we're going to find Jesus. And Jesus has been talking about forgiveness, forgiving other believers who have sinned against us. Now, this isn't about you necessarily forgiving um, non-believers, but it kind of correlates and connects itself to it. But this is really in the context of what Jesus is talking about. It's talking about you forgiving other believers who have sinned against you, who have hurt you. And so in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 22, it says, then Peter, now let me stop there for a minute. Don't you just love reading when it says then Peter, right? Because Peter's a wild card. You never know what Peter's going to say. He's just kind of, you know, he's Peter, right? So it says, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. So the title of our message today is Stop Counting. Stop Counting. Say it with me. Stop Counting. Very good. All right. Well, and the reason why we called it that is because sometimes we don't realize that, you know what, we tend to keep score when it comes to other people. Now, um, I, I used to coach in, in what is called upward basketball. I don't know if any of you guys know uh, what upward basketball is, but it's a Christian-based thing, and we had it actually as part of uh, one of the things we did at um, the church um, for a while. But anyways, in upward basketball, when you're in the younger age limits, you, you're not supposed to keep score. You're, you're, I mean, you're just not. But as a coach and every kid I had on my team, you better believe we were keeping score, right? Because it's just ingrained in us. We're like, no, no, I'm going to keep score, right? And so the kids would always be, hey, Pat, hey, hey, are we winning? Or, I think we're winning. Yeah, no, we got more points than them. Yeah, yeah. Guys, it's not about that. It's about Christ-likeness. It's about all this stuff. But inside, right, I'm thinking, yeah, let's go. Let's destroy. But I wasn't supposed to because, you know what, it's just ingrained in us is this ability to, to keep score. Whatever it is, we, we tend to just kind of keep score. And so in Matthew 18, 21, it says again, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Now, here Jesus is, he's talking about forgiveness, he's talking about this subject, and he's talking about reconciliation with other people. And I, I could just see Peter, right? Because you know Peter, 
and he's probably sitting there going, listening, and he's probably thinking, well, man, how often do I really have to forgive someone? Like, how many times do I let it go before I can just call it quits and stop forgiving? And what I love is, you know, then, then Peter being Peter, he asks, seven times? Now, seven times doesn't seem a lot, does it? Okay, well, and where Peter was basing his kind of this thought or this theory was that according to the the Talmud, okay, which is basically a set of teachings or commentaries that um, came from the Torah, that was the basis of Jewish law, the rabbi said that you should only forgive a person three times. So Peter's actually being pretty generous here. He said, only three times, that's according to the law. Once they do three times, man, forget it. Cut them off, whatever you got to do, don't, don't forgive them. So here's Peter, and he's doubling what the rabbi said. And then he's adding one more on top of that for good measure. You know, and I think probably it's because Peter knew that Jesus' standard would be a lot higher. So he adds one more onto that, and he says seven. And then verse 22 says, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to 70 times, seven times, but up to 70, 70 times seven. Okay, now if you're counting, I don't know if you are or not, but that's 490 times. Okay, 400, that seems like an impossible amount that someone would cause an offense against you. Even in another scripture, it talks about, you know what, even if somebody were to offend you seven times in a day, you're still supposed to forgive them. I think seven times a day is pretty, you know, because usually if you get offended or you get hurt, man, you're not even talking to that person anymore, right? Like if you're at work, that person's coming down the aisle and you're like, right? You're, you're getting out of the way, man. I'm not talking to them. I'm keeping score, man. One up them, man. Not, you know what I mean? But, he, but here he's saying, hey, you know what? 490 times. And really, I think too, if someone is going to blow it against you, and you probably are not going to keep count, I would think, or you would lose track. Let me put it that way. You would lose track of 490 times, right? I hope you would anyways. And then you got, I say, a scripture like in 1 Corinthians 13, where it's talking about love. And it says, love does not keep a record of wrongs. See, that's God's forgiveness plan. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. So here, that's, that's kind of like Jesus' whole idea. So it's not like, you know, you count 490 times, and you count, and you go, oh, that's 491. Listen, man, we're done. I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm all over you like white on rice. I'm going to, like, tell you all about it and give you the what for right? That's not what we should be doing. So 490 times was not a, like a literal amount, like, you know, like a legalistic amount that we have to, to stick to. But what Jesus was trying to say to Peter and really to all of us is that we keep going. We keep forgiving because forgiving is infinite. It's as many times as they sin against you. And here's the key, as long as they ask for forgiveness, we are supposed to forgive them. If they come up and say, hey, you know what, man? I was a jerk to you. I was this to you. I, I, I shouldn't have said that or whatever. Then you know what? We should be able to forgive because that's kingdom. That is kingdom living. If you want to be a person who lives in the kingdom the way you were supposed to live in the kingdom, then you know what? We are people who forgive. That's just how it works. And so it goes beyond the mathematical equation. It goes beyond the 490. It goes beyond that of how many times we're supposed to give, forgive someone. And really the whole key is that Jesus is wanting us to cultivate a heart that is prepared to forgive and keep on forgiving without any plan to stop. That's tough, wouldn't you say? I mean, because, man, that fights against our flesh. That fights against our mind. That fights against those things. 
And I think that's why right after it, Jesus goes into the parable we talked about last week of the unforgiving servant because he wanted to drive the point home. He wanted it to stick inside of their minds. So here he is, he's teaching. He's teaching us that we are to have an unlimited measure or extend this forgiveness that God has given to us to other people. To cancel their debt, you could say it that way. Through the power, really, of the grace of God in our lives. Because we know, like we learned from last week, that forgiveness flows from the Father, right, to us, that's first been given to us, and then that forgiveness should flow out to others. And so let me give you three truths that we can consider to help us stop counting, okay? I, 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 I'm one of those guys that probably needs this a whole lot. Because sometimes, I, I, you know, it's just, it, it just is naturally ingrained sometimes for me. So the very first one is God's forgiveness is limitless, right? We, we've recognized last week in our, in our first week of the study, you know, that God, God loves, God forgives, that God does, um, you know, just has his heart for us because he gave his son. And therefore, when we confess and we give our sins to him, he takes them and he forgives us of them. But, but, but we have to understand that God's forgiveness is limitless. It, this is such a powerful truth. But the thing that's sad is that many in the body of Christ don't believe that that's really true. They don't. Because their concept of forgiveness is kind of misdirected because they believe that God definitely keeps score, right, of their wrongdoings. Even after they ask for forgiveness, he keeps the scorecard of all the bad stuff that you've done. And you can hear it sometimes in conversations. Well, I think that I'm going through this because, you know what, God's really ticked off and mad at me because I, I messed up. And I did ask for forgiveness, but man, I think he's paying me back now. You ever heard anybody say that before? Right? But see... That, that's, that's a concept that people believe that God's got this scorecard. And every time I, let's just use me, every time I do something, it, he, he writes it down and he's keeping track of it. And then he's going to pull it out later on and say, okay, I'm going to use it against you now. And that's how people feel a lot of times. But that's not what scripture tells us. Scripture does not tell us that. He is a God of unlimited forgiveness. Hebrews chapter uh, 8, verse 12. Okay? So you got to understand, he is not, he's not there keeping track of all your sin. If you come to him and you ask him to forgive you of your sin, then you know what? He doesn't... All right, we're writing that down. Keep that. Hey, make sure, make sure you hold on to that. Okay? That's not him. Because a lot of times what happens is when, when, we, when we hold on to that, then that really does affect our relationship with him. Because oftentimes, you know, we'll, we'll go and we'll go to the Lord and just think, man, yeah, I know, Lord, man, I, man, that sin I committed a long time ago. Man, I am so sorry. It was like maybe it was a year ago. And we're still living with that weight of that sin, even though we ask for forgiveness and we're just kind of dealing with it and it's so heavy. And so wait, who, who, who is the one who's putting the pressure on you? The enemy. He wants you to carry that baggage. He's all, here's the suitcase full of baggage. He wants you to carry it. And God's sitting there going like, hey, you know what? I don't even know what you're talking about. Because you took care of it. You asked for forgiveness. The blood of Jesus has covered it. Therefore, I'm, I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, that is beyond the natural mind. Okay? But this is what it says. Now, this is God talking. Or, I mean, I'm sorry. This is, this is the scripture, but, but, but it is God talking. It says this. For I will demonstrate my mercy to them, and I will forgive their evil deeds and never remember again their sins. That's powerful, right? If I come to him, maybe a sin that I even committed, you know, two seconds ago, and I ask him, 
and I say, Jesus, will you forgive me of my sin? I messed up. It says he will forgive. And then what does it say? No, he won't remember him anymore. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, it says this. God says this. He says, I, even I. I love how he just emphasizes that. He says, I, even I. I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your, what? Sins. See, he's not keeping a scorecard on you. He's not up there tallying it and go, oh man, they just crossed over 20 times. Oh my gosh. Hey, angels, let's go do something to them. He's not doing that. He says, I'm not going to remember your sins. A couple other scriptures that kind of relate to that. Micah uh, 7, 19. Hopefully it's up there. Not coming? Oh, there it is. It says this. He will again have compassion on us and he will subdue our iniquities. You, you will cast our sins into the depth of the sea. That's pretty deep, right? I, I'm almost positive, you know what he does? He probably puts a lock and key around that. Throws it in there. Ain't no one getting those things. But he's, he's removing it. Another scripture that, that talks about that is, uh, I'm sorry, Psalms 103, 12. It says, he has removed our sins as far from, the, from us as the east is from the west. That's pretty far, right? But see, we hold on to them. Like it's a piece of luggage that we can't give up or maybe we almost become hoarders of our past iniquities. But God's oh man, I, I, I'm not into hoarding. I'm not into keeping score. It's just God's natural nature to forgive. And it's ongoing and it's limitless. This is what David said in, in Psalms 96, 5. He said, for you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive our sins, sending them away, completely letting them go, forever and ever. What I love, and we'll keep reading in just a second, what I love is this. You're ready to forgive. God's in anticipation to forgive. He's ready at all times to forgive. But what happens is we sometimes don't take advantage of his readiness. And we might hold on to our sin. We might hold on to our thing or whatever. And it says he's sending them away. Completely letting them go forever means he's not remembering. He's not keeping the scorecard on you. It says, and abundant in loving kindness and overflowing in mercy to all those who what? Call upon you. Man, isn't that good? To me, that's so good. So God is waiting right now in this very even moment to give us his unlimited forgiveness. This, this forgiveness that just passes probably all of our understanding. It's without um, a measure, but it's to anyone who calls upon him. Anyone that comes to him and says, God, forgive me. God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the things that I've done. And another scripture, 1 John 1, 9, kind of gives us the same, same thought process that God is willing and waiting to forgive. It says, and this is in the Amplified again, it says, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confessed our sins, he is faithful and true, just, true to his own nature and promises, and he will uh, forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful for that scripture. But again, it's about him and us understanding he is willing. He is ready. He wants to forgive you. All you got to do is with a heart of humility, come before him and say, Lord, man, I messed it up. I blew it. Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you cleanse me from all of this unrighteousness, this junk, all of these things? And man, I'm, I, I want to be on a pathway. But here's the deal. It, it's something that, you know what, you're like, okay, one, done. And then you just kind of move on. Yeah, great. You do move on. But if you happen to commit another sin five seconds after that, you can still go right to him and say, Ugh, Lord, I, I, I messed it again. 
Will you forgive me? And we just read scripture. He's waiting. He's waiting to forgive you. But sometimes it's, it's, it's a heart of humility. Sometimes it's just coming to him and say, yeah, I, you know, I, I messed up. So we've got to admit our sins. And then what we do is we lean into this supernatural grace of God that has this limitless forgiveness that he is always willing to give. And I, and I love the scripture too, because in, in the scripture, you'll notice too, it, it doesn't say anything about, oh, well, you can only ask for forgiveness when God's feeling good today. When God's in a good mood, then you can go and ask for forgiveness. God's always in a good mood. There's never a time that God would turn his back on you. It's, it's a matter of, of looking at it and saying, man, now is the time. Because he's waiting, he's ready, he, he, he wants to be able to forgive you. It's not about his mood. It's about us just humbly coming. And then the, the great thing about it is the moment that we, and I'm going to say that again, the moment, right, that we um, ask for forgiveness, in that moment we are cleansed and forgiven. Again, he's not taking, oh, hold on. You, Pastor Scott, you stop right there for a second. Guys, write down what that was, and then we'll get back to you. No. Right away. Done. Right away. Done. See, it's the enemy that comes in and says, ah, yeah, no, not really. You're not really forgiven. You, you, man, you remember what you did like, you know, like three years ago? I mean, I still have things that pop up in my mind that are over 40 years old. That I'm giving away my age, right? But over 40 years old that still pop up in my mind that I know was a sin. I know it was wrong. I was not serving God the way I was supposed to. They still pop up, and I still have to take it to the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you that you have already forgiven me that. But see, that's, that's the condemnation. That's the, that's the stuff that the enemy wants us to live under, the weight he wants us to live under. But see, we have to recognize, no, we've been set free by the blood of the lamb and our sins are gone. They're removed. And God's like, I don't even remember them. They're, I, I, they're, they're just, it, it just, they're gone. Hebrews chapter four, verse 16. You know, and here's the thing too. I'm so glad that God understands my weakness. He understands your weakness. He understands that, you know, we've got, we've got things. We've got issues sometimes. But see, he still offers the privilege for us to come to him, to come and receive all of his grace and all of his mercy because of this limitless forgiveness. Hebrews 4.16 says this. Again, it's in the Amplified. It says, therefore, let us with privilege... Say you have, say privilege, okay? You have the privilege to walk into his throne room. It says, therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace. That is the throne of God's gracious favor, right? You didn't earn it, but because of what Jesus did for you, it says with confidence. How many go to God with confidence? Just a challenge. Think about it. Don't raise your hand. But how many of us actually walk into any time in our prayer life or any time in, or just even feeling throughout the day, thinking that with confidence I can go before God? Well, you can. Again, it's the enemy, right? He wants us, ah, yeah, don't be confident. He's going he's to shut the door. Oh, it's you? Oh, you know, it's like when you get solicitors at your door. Now, my door, unfortunately, is, well, I shouldn't say that, but it, 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 it's got a window in it, so you can see in, and you can see out. So if the doorbell rings, and you're like trying to peek around the corner, you know, but they can still see your head. But you know what? When a solicitor comes, you're like, ah, I don't want to open the door. No, I don't even know. Long time ago, uh, back, back where, where I lived, our house, we didn't have a, a, a door where I could see. We didn't have ring doorbells. Again, that's how old I am, right? So I opened the door, and God bless these guys, but they were Mormon. And I'm the type of guy, I couldn't say no. So I got caught listening and listening. And then it's like, hey, do you have 75 cents? We'd love to give you a watchtower, you know, a magazine thing. 
uh, yeah, sure, hold on. So I go and get the 75 cents, right? I'm thinking, I just, you know, but man, nowadays it's kind of like, oh, no way, I ain't, I'm not opening that door. Or oh, that was, that was Jehovah's Witness Watchtower. Anyway, I'm not opening that door. But see, we got to understand that God doesn't do that to us. God's all freely come in. You're my kid. I love you. So it says it's with confidence and without fear. <laughs> Never be in fear of God. There's the fear of the Lord, which means you're reverencing him, but never like, ah, oh, I'm scared of God. He's going to like zap me. No, 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 no. It says confidence without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures. Oh, thank goodness. And find his amazing grace to help in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. So I hope you can see kind of this picture, right? That God's forgiveness extends towards us uh, every time we come to God. He extends mercy. He extends grace. We can receive that forgiveness every time we ask. He is willing to forgive. Listen, over and over and over and over and over and to infinity and beyond. He is willing to forgive us. And see, that's the lens I just wanted to kind of cover. That's the lens we should be constantly looking through. Instead of allowing the enemy to speak to us and and put this weight on us. Man, we need freedom. We need to break free of that. And just know that his, 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 his limitless forgiveness, right, once we get an understanding of that, then that should, right, unlock graciousness in our own lives towards others. Which leads me to the second point. means our forgiveness should be limitless. Right? Just as God's forgiveness is limitless towards us, what Jesus is trying to say is that, you know what, then? Then we should forgive others with the same idea, the same Limitless forgiveness should be given to others that have wronged us. Now, I know that can go against the grain for some. Um, Because, again, us as humans, we like to keep score. And whether probably you admit it or not, um, you probably do have a little scorecard full of people that you have remembered, right? you're probably popping up right now. Boom, 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 boom. Right? That you, you probably have kind of just um, kept this scorecard with you. All those people who have wronged you in the past. And what we tend to do, again, we tend to tuck it away and hold on to it just in case, right? We need to pull it back out and remind them, hey, you remember you did this? Oh, you, yeah. And so why do we do that? Well, it's much like what Peter just said, right? Because he's trying to think, well, man, how far must I go? What, 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 how many do I need to tally until, what, finally I have an excuse to not forgive and to make sure that the relationship stays fractured? A lot of that happens within families. It does. It just, uh, you know, forget it. I, I, you know, I've heard stories where, man, no, I, we don't go over there to my, you know, family's house when my brother or sister are there. But see, that's the thing we've got to break free of. Yeah, and then, you, then you've got some, that, and I'm not saying this is you, but, but we do have some people that say, well, yeah, I forgive you, yet they're still keeping count. They're still holding on to it. Right? And so basically what they're doing is not really forgiving or canceling the debt. They're just basically deferring it to another time. Right? So what then what they do is, is as they like kind of subconsciously allows them to keep counting, right? So they make sure that things are even. They make sure that, you know, kind of, well, it's their mess-ups versus my mess-ups. And if they're even, then it's fair. It's all good. Right? It's kind of this human condition that we have. Because, you know, we want mercy for our life and for our actions. 
But we want judgment. We want justice and judgment for other people's actions. It's that saying, we judge ourselves by our intentions, but we judge others by their actions. But here's Jesus' point. Just stop keeping a scorecard. Stop counting. Because if you keep counting, even the smallest of wrongs, I mean, I'm talking about smallest of wrongs, then you're not, you didn't stop keeping count. Oh yeah, that's that person who always calls me Joe instead of Fred. <laughs> so mad. I'm not, right? Or, you know, something like that. But it's so minor when you look at it and you're like, you still holding on to that? But, but we do. And if you're keeping a scorecard and you're tucking it away, you're, you're not forgiving either. But we are supposed to be giving what we have been given. That's been given to us. And that is forgiveness. Again, Hebrews chapter 8, 12 says again, or it says, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Right? So praise God there's not a scoreboard in heaven. Right? Or some tucked away list that God's put in his closet waiting for that day to get you. Instead, God just forgives. Right? He forgives them. He forgives us. And so we should. Likewise as others. So when Matthew chapter 18, 22 says, when he says to you up to 70, seven times, but up to 70 times seven, he's teaching us that, you know what? That, that forgiveness we extend to others should be limitless as the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God in our own lives as well. That's what he's trying to say. So forgiveness is choosing to lose count, to stop keeping score. Again, we, I recognize that that's not necessarily easy, but it's about us pressing in, having a reliance on the Holy Spirit and the work that he's doing in our life, the transformation work that he's doing inside of us. And sometimes we've got to be able just to give it over to him and say, Holy Spirit, I, I keep working on me. I'm going to do my best to try to stop counting. I'm going to try to do my best to forgive, right? And it's going to possibly at times be steps. Okay, it's going to be kind of this, these little steps that you're going to have to take. But it, but it, but it can happen. I read you a scripture uh, earlier, 1 Corinthians thirteen five. You know, it talks about that love is, you know, well, love is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not provoked, nor overly sensitive to easily angered. And it does, uh, it does not take into account uh, wrongs endured. Now, one of the things is, is we always relate that to, to marriage. Right? Because that's one of the most famous passages you probably hear in a marriage vow. Or somebody say, love is this, love is kind, love is all of these things. So sometimes we kind of generalize it, that it just kind of means in that, that kind of context. But really what it does, it, it's, it's in everything. We are supposed to be walking in love towards one another as much as we say in a marriage vow. And so... The message says it this way, and I wanted to read it because I, I, it just goes with what we're talking about. It says, love doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Sometimes that's when we don't forgive, it's because we're putting ourselves first. It says, it, it isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. And then it says, doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't keep score. So as Christians, we're supposed, we are, are to freely give what we ourselves have been freely given. Now, in all that context, I just want to say that what we're not saying is that you don't need boundaries. Because you need boundaries. Boundaries are important. Because it's really not okay for people to walk all over you. Here I am saying, hey, you know what? We need to give you this, un people, unlimited forgiveness. 
okay? But it's not okay for people to keep walking over you or doing harmful things to you, things like that. That might be where you need to separate yourself. You might need to do some things in order to kind of help bring the process of healing even to your own life. But we'll get into that a little more next week. But I just wanted to clarify that. I didn't want anybody to think, well, man, I'm just supposed to forgive even though this person does this or that person does that. Well, yeah, maybe if they're not, you know, coming to you and saying, hey, I forgive, I I messed up. Or even if they are, if they keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again, man, you got to set up some boundaries. God's okay with boundaries. But at the same time, we should be people who are, are thinking, how do I walk in forgiveness? How do I do that with this person? And then our our very last truth for the day is um, the fact that, you know what? Sometimes um, our idea, um, our idea of whatever forgiveness is, um, is different than what God's idea is, God's goal, right? Because our goal is to be right sometimes in relationships, right? But God's goal is reconciliation. It's really reconciliation. So the goal is not being right, but, uh, but reconciliation. So what does reconciliation mean, Pastor Scott? Well, in the Greek, it means to exchange something in order to reconcile the difference and to purchase or buy back for the purpose of restoring favor and right relationship. Okay, so... This is how the New Testament uses it figuratively. To describe the change from a state of animosity between people to one of friendship. It's the reestablish of an interrupted or broken relationship. So it's it's reestablishing, reconciling our relationships with people. It's God reconciled us back to him. We were at odds with God, right? And then when we, came, when, when we confess Christ as our Lord and Savior, then you know what happens? We are reconciled back to God. Now we are in right relationship with Him. But see, at the same time, we have to look at it and think, you know what? But I also need to have some reconciliation with people in our relationships. But, but, but it's not easy and you know what? There might be times where you've got to kind of humbly submit yourself in that context of being able to say, hey, I just want to try to get our relationship back in, in correct order. So with that in mind, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, I want you to think about this. That means brand new. Okay, that doesn't mean refurbished, Right? Or, or fixed, or he found you in the pawn shop and you're gonna re-sand, he's going to re-sand you? No, what he's saying is you are a brand new creation in Christ. It says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are, are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. So Jesus purchased our ability to have right relationship with God. And it says, and has given or entrusted us with the ministry. It's our assignment of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And then this is why it happens. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, or in him, so that we are in right relationship with him. So we've been reconciled to God. And then it says, we are ministers of reconciliation. So uh, one of our assignments is to get people to, 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 to be in right relationship with God. But I think, too, in, in another way we need to look at it is, really, we are to be ambassadors to even reconcile right relationships between people, between us and others. 
or others in us, whatever, whatever that is. So we're sent as ambassadors to represent him to others. And we're sent to restore broken relationships. That should be a goal of ours. If we have relationships that are fractured, that are broken, that are messed up, then you know what? Pray about it. Ask the Lord. Lord, if I don't need to set a boundary on this one, if I don't need to do that, but man, it's just something that's, you know, dumb, then give me, give me, give me a heart. Give me the words to say to go make this relationship right. Give it to me, Lord. Because relationally, right, we can't live like we are ministers of justice and equity. We can't. Justice. Justice. No. What we're supposed to be doing is being people who walk in love, who walk in, in, in an ability to restore and reconcile right relationships with others. But see, to do that, we have to have the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We have to understand that God is in the move, on the move in our life, but he's forgiven us of so much. So you know what? We can then begin to do that. And see, here's the thing. Not only are we just supposed to proclaim it, we're supposed to also live it. We're all supposed to demonstrate reconciliation towards fractured relationships. Because God demonstrated it. So we should be able to demonstrate it ourselves if we're walking in love. There's a quote that says, the greatest sermon you'll ever preach is how you live your life. So we can't just be you know, ambassadors in words only. You know, an ambassador is one that represents. Right? We can't preach, you know, from, oh, God is so good. God's a God of forgiveness. God is, 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 has this unlimited forgiveness. And then turn around and not live what we ourselves have been given. We can't. It just doesn't, doesn't work that way. And one of the first steps one of those maybe even major steps is that we got to stop keeping score with people. We got to stop carrying around the scorecard, you know, of all the wrongs committed either intentionally or unintentionally against us. We got to be saying, you know, I'm putting that thing away. I, I'm not going to do it anymore. And this, and then just begin to the best of your ability with the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. And like I said, you might need to spend some time just talking to the Lord about it, but saying, Lord, help me to walk in forgiveness towards others. And you know the enemy will come right away with something. Oh yeah? Right? This week. Something will come up in your job. Something will come up. All right, I'm going to put you to the test. But man, you have the ability to do it. You can do it. And sometimes it might be just zip it, shutting it, waiting till it's all done, and just say whatever it is you need to say, whatever you feel the Holy Spirit's saying, which I'm sure he's not going to say, oh yeah, let me tell you. But you can do it. You can walk in forgiveness towards others. no matter where you're at. And like I said, it might take a gradual time. It might take some baby steps. It might take that. But, but understand, the whole reason about this whole walking in forgiveness is so that we can walk in freedom. I want to walk in freedom every day. I'm tired sometimes of carrying luggage that I don't need to carry. And that's something that we should look at and say, oh my God, I've been carrying around this unforgiveness luggage for quite some time. And I'm, I'm just going to say, I've done it too. I had a family issue that, man, really ticked me off. Got me mad because it was a direct thing right at me. And I carried it for like four years. And man, once I was able to let it go and release it, it's a stupid thing. It wasn't a big, huge, you know, 
just one of those things where I kept the scorecard every single time. And then when I would get in that situation, but once I let it go, man, there was freedom inside of me. It was like, man, this big old 30-pound weight just kind of got removed off my back and I could walk in freedom. That's what, that's what we're trying to get here to the point of us understanding that, you know what? We need to start looking at our lives and seeing where those areas are in our lives that maybe we haven't given forgiveness or we haven't uh, you know, released it to the Lord and then be able to do that so that we can walk in freedom. Right? Because we serve a good God and He loves you. And he wants us to grow and mature in that way. So do me a favor. Bow your heads. Let me pray for you real quick. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful and thankful for the word of God. Holy Spirit, I, I'm just releasing you to do what it is that you do best. And that's ministering to the hearts of each of one, each one of us, me included. I ask, Holy Spirit, that throughout this week you would continue to remind us about the unlimited forgiveness God gives us and remind us that we can give unlimited amount of forgiveness as well to others. That we don't have to keep score. We can just roll it over onto you knowing that you take care of us. You're always looking out for us. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you're doing in our hearts and our lives. I thank you, Lord, that when maybe even a situation arises this week where there's a possibility we could be offended or hurt or, or whatever it is, that instantly the Word of God rises up within us, the Holy Spirit rises up within us, and we are able to walk in forgiveness and not even keeping score of what just transpired. But we know it's all done in the grace of God. And we thank you so much for all that you're doing in us to help us to grow, to be the people of God you've called us to be. And so we thank you for um, just all that you are doing in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.